يجعل الإنسان مشغولا بما يضايقه يضعف تصوره وخشوعه وهو في هذه العبادة العظيمة التي يناجي بها فيها ربه جل وعلا ويخاطبه إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين ينبغي أن يكون متهيئا لها بأقصى ما يستطيع من تهدئة باله لإقباله على مناجاة ربه جل وعلا واستشعاره عظيم هذه العبادة التي يقف الإنسان بين يدي ربه جل وعلا يخاطب إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين كأنما يخاطب أمامه وقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وقد قال في حديث جبريل إن لم تكن تراه فإنه يراك قال ويسن للساجد أن يجافي عرضيه عن جنبيه إذا سجد إذا أمكنه ألا تنفسق العرض للجنب فليفعل ذلك لكن إذا كان في زحام الصفوف ما يستطيع أن يباعد عرضه عن جنبه والله يقول فاتقوا الله ما استطعتم ويقول المصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم الذي قال صلوا كما رأيتموني أصلي يقول إذا أمرتكم بشيء فأتوا منه ما استطعتم يعني علينا أن نحرص أن نؤدي الصلاة بمثل ما كان يؤديها رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا لم نحرج لكن يا الزحام الشديد الصوفة متناصفة يضطر الواحد إلى أن يرزق عرضه بجنبه فإذا لم يشق عليه ولم يؤذي من بجانبه جاف العرضين يقول بطنه عن فخذيه لأن ما يلصق بطنه عند السجود لظهر الفخر ينبغي أن يكون الفخذ أشد ما يكون بالاستقامة بطولة ارتفاعا ولا يصغر الباطن لكن هذا مطلوب من الانسان اذا لم يشق عليه واذا شق عليه فالنبي يقول اكلفوا صلى الله عليه وسلم اكلفوا من العمل ما تطيقون يقول هنا وفخذيه عن ساقيه يجعل الفخذ ما يكون تصقعه بالساق اذا قدر اذا لم يشق عليه أما إذا كان في مشقة فالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أمرنا بأن نأتي بالعمل ما لا يشق عليه. قال ويضع يديه على حذو منكبيه. يعني في حال السجود لا يقدم كفيه حتى تتقدم على المنكبين ولا يؤخر كفيه عندما يفرش كفيه على الأرض أو على موضع السجود ما يؤخرها حتى تكون على تقابل وسط الباطن لا يحرص على ان تكون الكفان 
محاذيه اي موازنه للكتفين وان تكون ممدوده الاصابع على الارض لا يفرق بينها وانما يلاصقها ويجعلها باتجاه القبله يقول ويضع ويفرق بين ركبتيه ورجليه اذا سجد فالاولى انهم لا يلصق الركبه للركبه والفخذ للسام لكن كل ذلك على حسب الاستطاعه مراعاه ما يمكن وما لا يمكن يكفي ان يؤدي العباده يقول ثم يرفع راسه مكبرا يعني بعد ما ادى السجده بهذه الصفه التي يشير اليها فيما يتعلق بعدم التصاق البطن بالفخذين وان يجافي بين اليدين اذا امكن العضدين حتى لا تكون ملتصقه بالجنبين اذا امكن قال ثم في السجود هذا ثم يرفع راسه يعني من السجود مكبرا ويجلس مفترشا اذا كبر رافعا نفسه من السجود وهذا الوجه عن وضع السجود يفترش يجعل القدم اليسرى تحت جلسته تحت مقعدته وينصب اليد اليمنى الرجل اليمنى يوجه اصابعها الى القبله وكل ذلك على حسب القدره لان الانسان قد لا يستطيع ان يفترش القدم تؤلمه او يؤلمها امتناؤها انما عليه ان يفعل ما لا يشق عليه قال ويفرش رجله اليسرى ويجلس عليها هذا معنى كان مفترشا وينصب اليمنى ويخرجها من تحته ويجعل بطون اصابعها الى الارض يعني بطون اصابع الرجل اليمنى يجعل القدم كانما هو منصوب يجعل الاصابع وطرف القدم موضع اتقاء الاصابع الى القدم يتوجه باصابعه الى القبله اذا لم يشق عليه واذا شق عليه فالشان العمل الذي يكون شاقا على الواحد يزاحم الخشوع ويضعف خشوع الواحد قال وينصب اليوم الاكبر ويجعل بطون اصابعه قال لتكون اطراف اصابعه اصابعها اي الرجل اليمنى متجهه الى القبله لحديث ابي حميد السعد رضي الله عنه في صفه صلاه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم تقول باسطا يديه على فخذيه مضمومه الاصابع اذا جلس رافعا راسه من السجود يضع يضع كفه اليمنى على فخذه اليمنى ملمومة الأصابع ممدودة الأصابع ويضع كفه اليسرى على فخذه اليسرى ملمومة الأصابع ممدودة ما يكون قابضها 
ثم يدعو يقول رب اغفر لي هذا اقل ما يقوله في حاله جلسته وان اراد ان يزيد يحرص الذي يريد ان يزيد بالادعيه ان يتقيد بما ورد عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول رحمه الله عليه ولا باس بالزياده يعني يقول اللهم ارزقني يمكن يقول اللهم ارزقني وبارك لي فيما ما رزقتني وامنحني الرضا بما رزقتني الى غير ذلك ولا باس بالزياده يقول ابن عباس كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول بين السجدتين يعني اذا رفع من السجده الاولى وجلس يقول بينهما قبل قبل ان ثانيه رب اغفر لي وارحمني واهدني وارزقني وعافني لاحظوا قال رب اغفر لي وارحمني واهدني هذه الثلاثه كلمات اغفر لي وارحم واهدني يتعلق بما يمكن ان يتهيأ الواحد فيه للعمل الصالح ثم اسال امر الدنيا قال وارزقني وعافني والعافيه تكمل فلا حرج اذا قال مثل هذا الكلام ولو زال اذا طال جلوس بين السجدتين لا يبقى صامتا يثنى على الله ونحو ذلك رواه ابو داود ثم يسجد الثانيه كالاولى اي مثل السجده الاولى وان شاء دعا فيه لقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم واما السجود فاكثروا فيه الدعاء فقامنوا ان يستجاب لكم او مسلم النبي لما ذكر موقف الانسان في المصلى في صلاته قال مركوع فعظموا فيه ربكم يعني اكثروا سبحان ربي العظيم سبحان ربي العظيم سبحانك اللهم ربنا وبحمدك اللهم اغفر لي تقول عائشه ان الذي يقول وامراك كان يتاول القران يعني ياتي بمعانيه لانه ممنوع ان يقرا الواحد القران وهو في حال ركوع وفي حال سجود قال وما السجود فاكثر فيه من الدعاء فقال عن السجود يعني حري ان يستجاب لكم لم يحدد يعني لا حرج على الانسان ان يدعو في في سجوده او ركوعه بطلب اي اي امر يريد تحصيله في امر دين او دنيا لكن كلما كان الامر لامر الدين وعواقبه فهو افضل النبي قال فقال الاكثار ان ندعو في حال السجود لان حال السجود هو اقصى حالات التذلل يضع جبينه على الارض عرف ما يكون واخرته في حال هذا التذلل يلح على ربه جل وعلا بطلب الامور الجليله مما لا شك فيه ان اجل الامور للواحد في حياته ان يحفظ الله عليه دينه ولذلك كان النبي يكثر من قول يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلبي على دينه يقول رواه مسلم وله عن ابي هريره ان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يقول في سجوده اللهم اغفر لي ذنبه كله دقه وجله واوله واخره وعلانيته وسره 
يعني لا حرج على الواحد في سجوده ان يستعرض ما يريد طلبه من الله جل وعلا واجل الامور في هذا المقام الشريف ان يطلب الانسان تحصيل المغفره وقبول العمل الصالح والتوبه ان هذا اجل المواقف فينبغي ان تكون اجل الطلبات يجتهد فيها فيه اذا كان الذي يقول في الذنب كله مع انه غفر له ما تاخذ من ذنوبه وتاخر كله دقه وجله واوله واخر وعلانيته وسره فكيف بنا حنا ذنوب نذكر بعضها وننسى اضعاف اضعاف ما لنا ولذلك يحسن الانسان يسال ربه ان يغفر ذنبه ويتجاوز عنه قال ثم يرفع راسه مكبرا قائما على صدور قدميه اذا انتهى من السجدتين وهو يريد ان يرفع للاتيان بالركعه التي بعد هذا هاتين السجدتين يقوم معتمدا على صدور القدمين يعني مقدمة القدم التي تلتقي فيها الأصابع يكون متكئا عليه بقيانة العقد مرفوع لأنه يساعده على الامتداد يكون معتمدا على ركبتيه يعني يضع كفيه اليمنى على الركبة اليمنى واليسرى على الركبة اليسرى يعتمد عليهما في حال قيامة هذا إذا كان الأمر سمحا فإن كان المصلي شابا نشيطا استطاع أن يقوم من دون أن يتكئ على شيء وإن كان عاجزا احتاج إلى جد جهد وربنا أرحم الراحمين يقول ركبتيه لحديث وائل وائل بن حجر رضي الله عنه ذكر صفه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وانه اذا قام من سجوده للقيام يرتد عقبه ومؤخره القدم ويبقى معتمدا على صدر القدم وملتقى الاصابع في القدمين ويقوم لكن لو قام معتمدا على ممسكا عصا لا يستطيع ان يقول فلا حرج عليه الله يقول فاتقوا الله ما استطعتم والنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول ايضا اذا امرتكم بامر فاتوا منه ما استطعتم فاسال الله جل وعلا ان يرزقنا جميعا حسن اداء هذه العباده واستجماع الذهن والفكر فيها والحرص على تصور حاجاتنا وهي كثيرة وربنا جل وعلا هو الذي يقضي الحاجات وهو الذي يجيب دعوات الداعين وهو الذي يفرج القربات ينبغي للواحد أن يحرص على الإلحاح على الله بالطلب فأسأل الله أن ينفعنا جميعا بما نسمع ونقول وأن يعاملنا بمنه وكرم بعفوه ونطفه وأن يجيرنا من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن، إنه مجيب الدعاء. 
Shaykh Hafizullah began by mentioning the name of Allah, we praise Him, we seek forgiveness for the evil of ourselves, and we seek His assistance. We bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, to Him is the dominion, and we bear witness that Muhammad wasallam is His slave and messenger, He gave the message, He fulfilled the trust, and He fought in the way of Allah true battle. May Allah be pleased with the companions, the Prophet, those who believed in him, supported him, and migrated with him and after him, and fought during his time and after his time. May Allah make us amongst those who love the companions, and may Allah debase anyone who disrespects the companions. Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab Ta'ala mentioned in the lesson that it is this light that an individual performs the prayer in a place which is very hot or very cold. And the Shaykh Habibullah Ta'ala commented by saying that if the individual has the ability to find a place which is comfortable, meaning it's not too cold or not too hot, then they should do so. This is if they have the ability, but if they do not have the ability to find, find a place uh, which is in between, then they must pray. And the reason why Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab mentioned this is because the more comfortable an individual is at the time of the prayer, the more focus and concentration he would have. So the author Rahimahullah Ta'ala is instructing us that a person should find a place which is comfortable to pray so that the individual has complete focus and concentration in the prayer. The Shaykh Habibullah Ta'ala said, because this is the time that the individual is praying, they are calling on their Lord and they are speaking to their Lord. So it's befitting that an individual has complete focus and concentration because this is a tremendous form of worship as it is as if the individual is standing in front of his Lord when the individual says it is you who we worship and it is you who we seek assistance from so it is as if the individual is standing in front of his Lord and you have in the hadith of Jibreel where he said to worship Allah as if you see him so that is the purpose of the focus. And that's why the author mentioned that it is this like that a person prays in a place which is very hot or very cold. Then the author mentioned Rahimullah Ta'ala that the person who is, while the individual is in such death, or the individual is prostrating, he should not pin his elbows or his arms to his side. He should not pin his stomach to his uh, thighs. And he should not pin his thighs to his uh, shins. And he should keep his hands while they're on the ground. He should keep them at the level of his uh, of his shoulders. And there should be space between his knees when they're on the ground, and space between his his legs. So the author or the Sheikh Habibullah Taala commented. So when the individual is in the position of prostration, he should not keep his arms pinned to his side. As long as he has the ability to uh, 
expand them. But if it's very crowded and there are individuals playing, praying to the side of him, then there's no problem that the individual keeps his arms tucked in or to his sides. Because Allah Azawajal says, Fear Allah to the best of your ability. And the Prophet wasallam, the same individual who said, Pray as you see me pray. And the Prophet wasallam would ex, 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 you know, extend his arms. And the Prophet wasallam said, Pray as you see me pray. But at the same time, the Prophet wasallam said, That which I have ordered you, do it to the best of your ability. So if the individual does not have the ability to extend his arms as was done by the Prophet ﷺ, then it becomes permissible for the individual to tuck them in slightly. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, and likewise with the stomach. The person shouldn't be crunched, so much so that his stomach is touching his, his thighs. This shouldn't be the case. Uh, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that his stomach should be uh, separated from his thighs. His legs should be raised, and the likes of all of this is if the individual has the ability to do so. And so he mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, he mentioned, or the author mentioned Rahim Allah Ta'ala, the, the, the arms, and he mentioned the stomach, and he also mentioned uh, the thighs not being connected to the shin. So the person be, shouldn't be in, he shouldn't be crunched. Then the author Rahim Allah Ta'ala mentioned about the hands, while the hands are on the ground, uh, they should, the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned they shouldn't be extended too far in front of the person, like farther than his head, and they shouldn't be tucked in, no, but they should be to the, to the level of his shoulders. Uh, and the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that the person should, be, should try their best to keep his hands at the level of his shoulders. Likewise, he shouldn't separate between his fingers. Uh, but they should be joined and facing uh, the Qibla. And then he also mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala with regards to the knees uh, and the feet. The knees shouldn't be uh, pinned together. The two knees of the individual, they shouldn't be pinned together. They should be separated uh, slightly. And likewise, the legs. The legs should be separated slightly. They shouldn't be joined together. And the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala reiterated by saying, all of this is according to the ability of the individual. Then the Prophet mentioned then the individual raises his head and he says takbir. That was after the first sajda. Now the individual raises his head and sits. And while raising he says the takbir. And he sits down, uh, he places his left foot under his, his rear and he folds it and he raises his right, he raises his right foot he raises the, the right foot and the toes should be on the ground facing the Qibla. The toes should be on the ground facing the Qibla. And the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned, so this is when an individual uh, raises up from the first sajda and they're going to sit in between the two sajdas, they should place their left foot under their rear end and they should relax on it and they should raise their right foot and press on their toes so much so that the toes are facing the Qibla. And the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala said, this is all in accordance with what the individual has the ability to do. If the individual doesn't have the ability, then they should do that which they have the ability to do. And 
Naam. And the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned that the reason why uh, it's based on the ability of the individual is because if the individual finds difficulty uh, in doing so and it causes pain for them, then this would be a means of them losing focus. This would be a means of them losing focus. So uh, it is not um, upon the individual to do something that causes him pain because this would be a means of him losing focus. So he should do uh, the best that he can. And this is because uh, this position of sitting and placing the left foot under the rear end and the right foot raised and the, the toes facing the qibla is because of the hadith of Abi Humayd al-Sa'idi, the companion of the Prophet that he mentioned the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi And um, uh, in this position, the individual places his hands, his right hand, he places his left hand on his left thigh, and he places his right hand on his right thigh. And he brings together his fingers. He doesn't spread his fingers, he brings together... Uh, no, he brings together his fingers... Afwan. He... Uh, no. He lays out and brings together his fingers. He doesn't uh, put his hands in a fist position while his hands are on the thighs. So he relaxes his hands and he brings together his fingers in this position. Uh, in this position it is also legislated that the individual supplicates to Allah Azza wa Jalla as you have the hadith, Rabbi Fili, O Allah forgive me. And the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala said that this is the least that the individual would say. They would say, O oh Allah forgive me. And the author Rahimahullah Ta'ala said, and there's no problem that the individual adds to that supplication while they're in this sitting position because of the hadith of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah that the Prophet that the Prophet used to say in between the two sajdas, Oh Allah forgive me, have mercy on me, guide me, uh, provide for me, and protect me. So the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala said, pay, pay attention that the Prophet said, Oh Allah forgive me, have mercy on me, and guide me. So this is with regards to uh, good deeds. Individuals asking for forgiveness, for mercy, and for guidance. But likewise, he said that the individual is allowed to supplicate for worldly matters because the, the last two is that the individual said, Oh Allah, provide for me and protect me. So this is something worldly. So the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala said, So this proves that there's no problem in the individual supplicating for something uh, which is worldly. Then he said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, but the person shouldn't remain quiet and silent. The person should supplicate, they should call on Allah. Uh, while they're sitting in between the two sections. Then he said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, um, that the Prophet you know, encouraged the individual in the different positions of the prayer. The Prophet encouraged the individual to glorify Allah and to praise Allah. Uh, as Aisha radiallahu ta'ala had that the Prophet used to uh, glorify Allah uh, in the different positions of the prayer. And this was his implementation of the Qur'an. And the reason the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala said, the reason why in these different positions we glorify Allah uh, is because during the sujood and the ruku' it is forbidden to recite the Qur'an. It is forbidden to recite the Qur'an. So instead of recitation of the Qur'an, there are things which are supplicated, which is the glorification of Allah Azza wa Then he mentioned, the author Rahimah mentioned that the person makes the second prostration similar to the first prostration. And if he wishes, 
he can supplicate during the prostration because of the general hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, as for the prostration, then increase your supplication for verily uh, it is more likely that you will be answered. Your supplication will be answered. The Shaykh Habib Allah mentioned, Naam, so it is upon the individual uh, to be diligent in supplicating when you make uh, the prostration because the Prophet ﷺ did not limit the amounts that you can ask Allah. The Prophet ﷺ did not limit it that you should say something uh, a limited amount of time. No, so the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala said, so you can supplicate for uh, worldly affairs and you can supplicate for affairs of the religion. But that which is better is that the individual supplicate for that which is related to uh, the religion. Then the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala said, so it is important that an individual takes advantage of uh, the prostration because this is the time which he is more submissive to Allah and humbled to his Lord. He has placed his face and his forehead on the ground. So it is upon the individual to beg Allah at this particular time. And the greatest of affairs that an individual should seek from Allah is that Allah protects his religion. As it was said by the Prophet sallallahu As the Prophet sallallahu used to constantly and repeatedly say, Oh, the turner of the hearts, make my heart firm upon your religion. And you had the hadith of Abu Huraira, which is reported in Sahih Muslim, that the Prophet sallallahu used to say in his sujood, in his prostration, Oh Allah, forgive my sins, all of them. The, that which is minute and that which is major, the first and the last, that which is apparent and that which is hidden. So the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala said, so everything that you want from Allah Azza wa Jal, whether it's of the dunya or whether it's of the religion, it is upon you to supplicate to Allah and seek it from Allah. And the best thing that you can supplicate is that Allah forgives you. And that Allah accepts your deeds. And that Allah repents. And that Allah accepts your repentance. Once again he said, so the best thing that you can seek from Allah is forgiveness from Allah. And that Allah accepts your deeds. And that Allah accepts your repentance. So it is befitting that an individual is very diligent in making the supplication. Then he said, notice the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, the statement of the Prophet in this prostration. Oh Allah, forgive my sin. All of them. Forgive my sins. All of them. That which is minor, that which is major. The first and the last of them, that which is apparent and that which is hidden. The Shaykh said, Hadith Allah Ta'ala, that the Prophet used to make this supplication, and verily Allah has forgiven his past and his future sins. So what is the affair with us? We have major sins, we have the sins that we remember, and we have the sins, he said, we remember some of our sins and we forget most of our sins. So it is upon an individual to seek the forgiveness of his Lord to Barakatah. Then he said, the author Rahimullah Ta'ala said, then the individual raises his head and he says takbir, and then he uh, places his feet on the ground, and he uses his knees as support to stand for the remaining portion of the prayer, as long as this does not cause difficulty because of his old age, or illness, or weakness. The Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala said, so once the individual rises from the two sajdas, the individuals should place their feet on the ground and they should use their knees to rise up as long as the individual has the ability to do so. He said, if the person is young, then it is easy for the individual. They don't have to hold on to anything. They can easily rise up. But if the individual is old 
um, the individual might have to use his hands or he might have to use a stick or something. Uh, and verily our Lord is the most forgiving, the most merciful. And this is because of the hadith, where he mentioned the hadith of Wa'al bin Hujr, the companion of the Prophet sallallahu um, where he described the hadith, where he described the, the salah of the Prophet sallallahu and he mentioned how the Prophet used to come up from, from the prayer. And the Shaykh mentioned hadith Allah Ta'ala, but if the person uses their hands, or they use a stick, when he said the stick, he didn't say hands. The Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala said, so if the person, for example, uses a stick to raise, to rise up from the, the sitting position, then it is permissible, because Allah says, fear Allah to the best of your ability, and the Prophet Wasallam said, that which I have ordered you, do it to the best of your ability. Then the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala uh, mentioned the supplication, asked Allah to allow us to perform this act of worship, uh, in a manner which is uh, pleasing to him, we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to al- allow us to gather our thoughts and focus during this act of worship. And we should understand that verily Allah Azza wa Jal is the only one that can uh, fulfill our needs. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to give us ease after difficulty. And we ask, uh, and he mentioned that it is upon us to beg Allah Azza wa Jal and seek his forgiveness. And we uh, ask Allah to make our actions a benefit in this life and the next verily. Allah is the one who sees the supplication. No. Shaykh Hadith Allah Ta'ala reminded the, the brothers that next week there is no lesson. السعد أحسن الله إليك في السجود إذا لا أستطيع العدو باللغة العربية وعدو بلغة أخرى فهل أجحر بهذا الدعاء في اللغة العجنبية أو هل أفضل لي أن أسر أن أصبي لا لا تجهر بحيث يسمعك اللي بجهنبك تشغل باله في عملات وإنما ادع بالدعاء لأن تفهمه وتسمعه لا لا تكون ساكتا لا تحرك شغلتيك بس اشتغل في الدعاء اذا امكنك ان تذهب باللغه العربيه فلا شك ان المناجات في هذه العباده باللغه التي نزل فيها القران اكمل ومن لا يستطيع لا الله جل وعلا يعلم جميع اللغات Shaykh Habib the individual the individual asks in the, in the prostration um, if I don't have the ability to supplicate with uh, Arabic or in the Arabic language uh, so I supplicate with uh, non-Arabic language should I raise my voice with the supplication of Shaykh Mijan Habib you shouldn't raise your voice to the point where you uh, confuse or harm others who are praying near you you should just raise it slightly so that you can hear it yourself. So you shouldn't remain silent. Um, and for example, not moving your lips, no. You should supplicate, and but you should keep your voice low. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, but you should try to supplicate with Arabic. So it's better that you supplicate in the language in which the Qur'an was revealed in. But if you don't have the ability, then there's no harm in you supplicating in the non-Arabic uh, language, so verily Allah knows all languages.
يقول السائل في السجود هل هل الافضل ان يقول سبحان رب ان يقول المصلي سبحان رب الاعلى عشر مرات ولكن في اهدى دروس السابقه تعلمنا بان الله يحب الوتر فكيف نجمع بين هذين قولين هو اكمل اقل التسبيحات في الركوع والسجود ان يقول الواحد في الركوع سبحان الله سبحان ربي العظيم مره واحده وكذلك في السجود يقول سبحان ربي الاعلى مره واحده هذا اقل شيء لا حد لاكثره لكن ينبغي ان لا يخلو من الدعاء لان هذا الثناء على الله جل وعلا هو دعاء العباده وهو اخمل من دعاء المساله ودعاء المساله يقول واحد اللهم اعطني اغفر لي وارحمني واهدني واصرف عني كل شر ينبغي ان يجمع في ركوعه او سجوده بين التسبيح وبين الدعاء النبي كان يقول في ركوعه سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اللهم اغفر لي ويقول سبحان ربي العظيم لكنه في ركوعه يطيل الركوع وكما مر ينبغي للامام ان يراعي حال المامومين اذا كانوا يرغبون الاطاله ولا يتذمر احد منهم بها يطيل لكن ايضا الاطاله باعتدال احسن الله اليك the individual is asking in sujood is it better that I say subhanahu rabbi a'la ten times but in a previous lesson it was mentioned or we learned that Allah loves the odd numbers so how do we understand Shaykh mentioned the least amount of times in the ruku' that a person should say subhanahu rabbi al-azim and sujood the person should say subhanahu rabbi a'la is one time and there's no limit to the, the how many the person can say it but they should also uh, supplicate when they're in uh, sujood. And there's two types of supplication. There's a supplication where you're uh, calling on Allah, and there's a supplication where you're praising Allah. And the best of the two is the one where you're praising Allah Azawajal. The supplication when you're calling on Allah, dua al-mas'ala. The supplication when you're calling on Allah is when you're saying, Oh Allah, forgive me, oh Allah, have mercy on me. And the other supplication when you're praising Allah is when you're making tasbih or tahmeed. And verily the Prophet ﷺ in the ruku' he would say, Subhana Rabbil Adim, Allah, Subhana Rabbil Adim, Allahumma wa bihamdika, Allahumma fillhi. The Prophet ﷺ used to say, O oh Allah, O oh, glory be to Allah, and all oh, praise, O oh, Allah forgive me. So the Prophet ﷺ, even in the ruku' he would say this. Say this. And the Shaykh mentioned Hadith Allah as for the Imam, the Imam should pay have concern for the people who are praying behind him. If the people uh, don't have a problem with elongating the ruku' and the sujood, he should do so. But if they, this causes difficulty and harm, then he should not elongate it. يقول السائل هل يجوز للمسلم أن يجمع بين نيتين في عبادة واحدة كأن يعتمر عن جده ولنفسه في نفس الأمر؟ لا 
لا تعد العبادة من معديها إلا إما عن نفسه أو عن غيره ولا يجمع بين الاثنين يعني يؤدي عمره عن نفسه وعن أبيه لا هي العمرة لواحد أو يحج هذه الحجة عني وعن والدي ووالدتي لا حجة عن نفسه لكن ما ضيق الله عليه يمكنك أن تدعو في عمرتك لنفسك ولوالديك ولمن تحب أن تنفعه وأنت كلما دعوت لأحد بخير دون أن يعلم يجعل الله ملكا كلما دعوت دعوة هامة مفيدة يقول ولك بمثل ذلك فأنت إذا دعوت لأحد في عبادتك أو في عبادة تعبدية بالدعاء ودعوت لأحد فأنت في عملك هذا تحمل الملائكة الملك يدعونك والملائكة لا ذنوب لهم فالإجابة لدعائهم قريبة جدا فنسأل الله أن يوفقنا جميعا للخير Individual saying, uh, is it permissible for an individual to have two intentions in a specific form of worship? For example, the individual makes umrah for themselves and for their grandfather at the same time. The Shaykh answered by saying, no. Uh, when the individual uh, performs this type of worship, the individuals cannot have an intention for themselves and for others. But the worship is only for one. This is umrah and hajj and the likes. But Allah Azza has not made a constraint upon you. When the individual performs Umrah for someone else, they can supplicate for themselves, they can supplicate for their parents, they can supplicate for anyone who they wish to do, to supplicate for. And you should also keep in mind that uh, when you supplicate for another individual, Allah Azza wa Jal, when you supplicate for an individual, that individual does not know that Allah Azza wa Jal has designated an angel uh, who hears the supplication and says, uh, Ameen, and you will have the same. So when an individual uh, supplicates for someone else, they should keep in mind that the angels are also supplicating for them. And verily the angels, they do not have sins. So uh, the answer to their supplication is close and we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to... I, I, I didn't hear his supplication, I'll be with Allah. close with the supplication. يقول السائل هناك ولد يسأل هل الشيطان يدخل مكة؟ الشيطان منتشر بالدنيا كلها ولذلك يأتي ليصلي في مكة ويلبس عليه في صلاته لما ذكر شرار الشيطان من الأذان ذكر أنه إذا انتهى التأذين يحضر فإذا جاء التثويب للصلاة الإقامة يفر عن الذكر فإذا سكت يأتي حتى يلبس على المرء أداء عبادته ويذكره في هذا الموضع فهو يصلي أشياء ما كان يذكرها قبل الصلاة 
وهذا يحصل في مكه وفي غير مكه. And because of that, when an individual prays in Mecca, the shaitan approaches the individual and causes the individual to lose focus in his prayer. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned that when the adhan is called, the shaitan runs. And when the adhan is complete, he returns. And when the iqamah is called, he runs again. When the iqamah is completed, then he returns to the individual so that he can confuse the individual in his act of prayer. He reminds the individual at this particular time Uh, he reminds the individual at this particular time things that he did not, uh, things that he was not thinking about before the prayer. يقول السؤال أنا أدرس اللغة الإنجليزية في المملكة. أدرس أطفال من بعض أبواب يعني هناك بعض أبواب في الكتاب يذكر فيها عيد الأم وغيرها من الأعياد غير الشرعية فماذا عليه؟ نصيحتي لك إذا تريد مثل هذا الشيء مر عليك أعياد عيد الأم وعيد كذا وعيد كذا عيد الاستقلال وعيد الجلوس على العرش تذكر ان هذه الاعياد غير شرعيه وان المسلم عيده حقيقه هو عيد الفطر وعيد الاضحى والجمعه هي عيد في كل اسبوع لكن هذه المناسبات من الاعياد الجاهليه ابطل الله جل وعلا اعياد الناس قبل الاسلام Individuals asking, I teach English in Saudi Arabia and I teach children. And in the books, it mentions uh, Mother's Day and other uh, non Islamic holidays. So, what is your advice? The Sheikh said, My advice for an individual who has been uh, tested with this type of issue is that the individual, when they read this to the children, But when they come on, when they come across these types of holidays, they explain to the children that these are not legislated. They explain to the students that these are not legislated, and they should explain to them that the Muslim has two Eids, Eid al-Fitr after Ramadan, Eid al-Adha after Hajj, and the Eid which is repeated weekly, and that is Yom al-Jum'ah. And they should explain that these types of, uh, these types of uh, holidays that Allah has made them void because the people used to celebrate them uh, or different types of holidays before Islam but once, once Islam came that Allah replaced them with the legislated Eids النصوص والأدلة ينبغي للواحد أن يحرص على هداية من يختلط بهم إن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لعلي بن أبي طالب رضي الله عنه يوم وجهه لفتح خيبر أيام 
وهم مقصرون لها قال لأن يهدي الله بك رجلا واحدا خير لك من حمر النعم يعني خير لك من أعظم الأموال لا تحقر أنت أيها المسلم نفسك في أي موقف أن تقول لأي واحد تراه ليس على هدى تقول تقول له إني أنا أحب لك الخير وأحب أن الله يوفقك للعمل الذي يدخلك الجنة إذا أنت فارقت هذه الدنيا ثم تقول هذا لا يوجد إلا في الإسلام لا سبيل إلا الجنة إلا في الإسلام Individuals asking, how do, or what is your advice for an individual? How do we advise, or how do we uh, deal with an individual who defends the people of innovation, and even after the advice, they continue to defend these individuals? The Sheikh Mitzvah is befitting that an individual is diligent in guiding those who he mixes with. And you should keep in mind the hadith of the Prophet which he said to Ali bin Abi Talib, the day that they were going to fight uh, Khaybar and they had surrounded uh, the city that, Allah, that the Prophet said to Ali um, Allah guiding by way of you one individual is better than the red camel meaning it's better than the greatest form of wealth so an individual should not belittle himself in any position uh, where he can call someone to correct guidance he should say to the individual I love good for you and I want that Allah Azza uh, that I want Allah give, to give you success to perform an action that would uh, get you into Jannah. So the individual should understand, and they should say to them that there's no uh, way, there's no path to Jannah. There's no path to Jannah except by practicing Islam. يقول السائل هل يجوز للمسلم أن يؤخر الإنجاب من أجل حفظ القرآن وطلب العلم الإنجاب لا يمنع من حفظ القرآن الذي قال تزاوجوا توالدوا فإني مكاثر بكم الأمم ثم إن الإنسان إذا مات ينقطع عمله إلا من ثلاثة أحد هذه الأمور الثلاثة الولد الصالح يعني من ذكر أو الذي يدعو له يمكن الواحد أن يجمع بين الزواج إذا كان يستطيع والإنجاب وقراءة وحفظ القرآن Individuals asking is it permissible to delay childbirth for the purpose of memorizing the Qur'an and seeking knowledge the Shaykh mentioned having children does not prevent a person from memorizing the Qur'an the Prophet Wasallam said marry and have children for verily I'm taking pride in the number of my followers on the day of judgment and likewise the individual should keep in mind the hadith of the Prophet Wasallam. if the individual dies if the son of Adam dies uh, all of his actions cease except three. And one of those things that continue is a righteous child, whether boy, male or female, to supplicate to him. So it is possible for an individual to combine between uh, marriage, if he has the ability to marry, and having children, and this would not prevent him from memorizing.
يقول السائل هل يجب على المصلي أن يغطي رأسه في الصلاة؟ لا يجب لكن ينبغي له أن يحرص يقول الله جل وعلا يا بني آدم خذوا زينتكم عند كل مسجد يعني عند كل صلاة ينبغي أن يحرص على اختيار الملبس الحسن وهو يصلي لأنه يناجي الله إذا كانت العادة إذا أراد أن يكمل نفسه أن يلبس لباسا يغطي رأسه ينبغي أن يكون في الصلاة هذا أيضا لأن هي أشرف المواقف التي يقفها العبد أن يقف وهو يصلي is diligent in beautifying himself and wearing the best of clothing because he's calling on his Lord when he's praying. And the Shaykh Habib Allah mentioned if a person wants to beautify themselves and look good uh, out of the prayer, they make sure that they are dressed properly so it is more deserving or the prayer is more deserving of the individual uh, dressing properly. سأل أنا من إنجلترا يعني من بريطانيا فإذا ذهبت إلى بريطانيا للإجازة هل يجوز لي أن أقصر الصلاة؟ تقصر الصلاة ما دمت في الطريق إذا ذهبت إلى هناك وأقمت وأنت تعلم أنك سوف تقيم أكثر من أربعة أيام ينبغي أن تتم الصلاة Individual Asari, the individual is asking, I'm from uh, Europe, uh, and when I go home to England, should I shorten my prayers? The Sheikh said, Habibullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you shorten your prayer while you're on the journey. But once you arrive there, and you are present there, and you know that you're going to stay more than four days, then you should not shorten your prayers, but you should complete the, the, the number of prayers. يقول السؤال هل يجب على المرأة أن تستأذن زوجها لأداء الصلاة في البيت إذا كان حاضرا؟ لا الصلاة لا لا يستأذن أحد أحد في أدائها يديها في وقتها. السؤال عليك The individual is asking is it upon a female a wife to seek permission from her husband uh, to pray if He's present in the house. The Sheikh said, "No, it's not upon anyone to seek permission from another person uh, to pray. Uh, what is upon her is to pray during the correct time." يقول السؤال إذا ما صامت إذا ما صامت المطر رمضان بسبب الرضاعة ولا تستطيع أن تقضي هذه الأيام. الفاعتة قبل رمضان الآتي بسبب الرضاعة لولد 
الآخر فماذا تفعل هذه المرأة؟ تنظر في حالها إذا كانت لا تستطيع أن تصوم الآن لأنها قائمة بإرضاع الولد فإذا فطمت تقضي الصيام يعني يقول حكمها في حكم المسافر أو المريض الإقامات عدة من أيام أخرى لكن ينبغي أيضا للمرأة إذا كان بإمكانها في بعض الأيام أن تصوم تعامل نفسها بما يمكن أن تفعله حال الاقتداء. Individuals asking if a female uh, was not able to fast Ramadan because of breastfeeding and then she was not able to make up the fasting uh, for the days that she missed because she was still breastfeeding, what is upon her? Is it upon her, it is upon her to look at her affair? If she did not have the ability to fast uh, because she was breastfeeding, then she should fast when she finishes breastfeeding. And he said her ruling or the ruling pertaining to her is similar to the one who was traveling or the one who was sick. Once they are no longer traveling or sick, then the individual has to make up the days. And likewise, she should look um, uh, at other. She should also look at, for example, if there are some days she cannot fast because of breastfeeding, but in between there might be days where she can uh, because she has the ability. So this is that which the individual female should do. Uh, she should look at her affair. And uh, either she, when she finishes fast, uh, when she finishes breastfeeding, she should make up all the days, or even in between, she can make up the days. يقول السائل حفيظكم الله تعالى أنا متزوج وزوجتي في بلدي ولا أستطيع أن أسافر إليها في فترات لظروفي المادية فقد يعني ويقول وقد فقد أجلس أحيانا لسنة ونص وأحيانا لسنتين فهل علي إثم في ذلك؟ إذا كانت راضية قانعة بما يحصل تعرف ظروفك ما هي فلا حرج في ذلك. Individuals asking um, I individuals asking he said I'm married and my wife is in my country and I cannot travel to her uh, at times because of my financial situation. Sometimes I sit without her for one year, year and a half, and sometimes two years. Is there a sin upon me? The Shaykh mentioned, if she is pleased with that, if she is content with that, because she knows your financial situation, then there's no sin upon you. وأسأل الله جل وعلا في أسمائه وصفاته أن يحسن عاقبتنا جميعا في الأمور كلها 
وأن يصلح حالنا ومآلنا وأن يجيرنا من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن كما نسأله جل وعلا بأسماء وصفاته أن يثبتنا جميعا بال... على الإيمان وبالقول الثالث وأن يجعل مخافة الله جل وعلا لا تفارق نفوسه كما أسأله أن يفرج كروبات المكروبين من المسلمين في كل مكان ويرفع المذلة عنهم وينتقم لهم من أعدائهم وأن يعاجل للفرج العاجل اكتشاف مصائب أهل الشام وأن يرينا في من يتعاملون مع الحاكم المصيري من روس أو غيرهم ومن رافضة في إيران أو غيرهم أن يرينا فيهم عجائب قدرته كما أسأل جل وعلا أن يوفق أهل الشام يصد التوبة إلى الله جل وعلا والإقبال عليه والاستعانة به على إزاحة ما حل به من بلاء ونزل بهم من محن وكروب وخطوب فهو سبحانه القادر على كل شيء كما نسأله جل وعلا أن يصلح حال المسلمين في بقية الدول الإسلامية في كل مكان في اليمن وفي مصر وليبيا والعراق وأن يزيح عن العراق الحكم الرافضي وأن يحبط كيد الرافضة في اليمن الحوثيين وأن يحفظ علينا في المملكة أمرنا على ديننا ودنيانا وأن يوفق من تولى أمرنا لالتماس مرضات الله جل وعلا والحرص على نصر الحق وأهله وإذلال الباطل وأهله وأن يكافئه الله على كل عمل خير بالتوفيق لأمثاله كما أسأله جل وعلا بأسمائه وصفاته أن يهدي ضال المسلمين ويشفي مرضى المسلمين ويقضي دين المدينين من المسلمين في كل مكان إنه مجيب الدعاء وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا. الشيخ حبيب الله تعالى ended by saying that this lesson was the last lesson before the, the, the short break which is next week. We ask Allah Azza to give us the tawfiq to meet once again uh, according to that which is easy to ask Allah Azza to protect us or protect us in all of our affairs and to, to uh, rectify our affairs. We ask Allah to protect us from the fitan, that which is apparent and that which is hidden. We ask Allah for firmness in our faith. We ask Allah to give us uh, firmness in our statements and ask Allah not to allow fear, not to separate fear of Him from our hearts. We ask Allah to give ease to the Muslims in all parts of the world and to give ease, uh, uh, rapid ease to the, the Muslims in Syria. We ask Allah to um, 
debase and to destroy those who assist this Nusayri government, such as the, the Russians and the likes. Uh, we ask Allah to show us his might and power in harming them. We ask Allah to give the people of Sham the success to make sincere repentance to Allah and to return to him and that they should seek assistance from Allah in removing the harm which has afflicted them and the, and the calamity. And for verily Allah is able to do all things and ask Allah to uh, rectify the affairs of the Muslims of all parts of the world in Yemen, in Egypt, in Libya, in Iraq. And ask Allah to remove the Rafidi government which has taken over Iraq. And to likewise uh, stop protect us from the harms of the Houthiyun. We ask Allah in Saudi Arabia to protect our deen and our dunya and to give the rulers success to uh, to spread the correct religion and to support it. And we ask Allah to reward them for the good that they have done. We ask Allah to guide the Muslim who has gone astray, to cure the Muslim who is sick and to uh, verily Allah is the one to answer the supplication in our last Supplication is all praise due to Allah, the Lord of the Worlds. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, his family members and companions.